Hello and welcome to the Franchise Tag Podcast with me, your host, Freddie Hall, joined once again by Adam, Andrew, Gareth, in a week where England progress one step closer to the World Cup final, in a week where Detroit finally blew out a team this year, and in a week where Aaron Rodgers, yes, still owns Chicago. What a week it's been. What a crazy week. We trudge ever more to the Super Bowl in February. It feels like the time is whittling away, especially with the element of fantasy football, with this weekend coming being the last weekend, the main uh, league, I suppose, for a lot of people out there. It feels like, uh, well, it feels a lot like Christmas. Um, It's getting colder. The games are getting colder. The run game is starting to come out a lot more, it feels like, in games. But yet we do still see some great plays week on week. And some bad news for one player this week that we'll kick off with tonight. Thank you all for being here. Uh, Baker Mayfield, quarterback, formerly of the Cleveland Browns, former number one draft pick in 2018. Uh, was released by the Carolina Panthers after being, uh, after, well, being traded there um, in the off-season. And then having to battle it out with Sam Darnold uh, and then beating out Sam Darnold and then losing out to PJ Walker and then losing out to Sam Darnold again um, has now been released and is now on the waivers. And I mean, Andrew, it's not exactly been a a great story for Baker so far. There has been some elements of greatness. Who can forget him beating the Steelers in the playoffs? Yes, I remember it very well. You're a man who watches a lot of college football, which we will talk about later on. When Baker came into this league, he came in as the number one draft pick. There was a few quarterbacks in that draft. Was this what how you thought it was going to play play out when he got drafted? Um, no, I thought he was good. He's one of these guys, a little bit like Johnny Manziel. They're coming with big reputations. They're loud at college. They're noisy. They're a big personality. Um, so we had that from him. Uh, but... I wouldn't say maybe he just didn't start his career off at the right place, you know, going to the Browns. It wasn't in a great situation when he first got there. Uh, and he's had to kind of build a reputation from that. Maybe if he went somewhere that could guide him when he was earlier, because he was left to set into being Baker Mayfield. And he's now a, he's you know, we've seen his adverts on telly. He's more of a personality than you know him for, than his actual playing ability, which is um, not probably what you want. So this isn't how I, I thought it'd turn out for him, but, He's got some traits there that just don't really work uh, for longevity uh, in the NFL. So that's just the way it goes. And Adam, going to the Panthers, the Panthers, there was a lot of quarterback movement this summer. We all know that. We've talked about Russell Wilson. We've talked about the Aaron Rodgers. We've talked about all the quarterbacks that could have moved to here, there and everywhere. And the ones that actually did, Baker being one of them. The quarterbacks were on the market. There were some big names. And the Panthers, at the start of the year, we all said had a very, very good squad and this team could really move forward. Do you think the Panthers were a bit naive with thinking that Baker could be the answer for that team or were just really using him as a bridge looking into the next draft? I don't think you can really say that they were that naive with it. I mean, you've got to bear in mind, this is a quarterback who got the Browns to the playoffs. So Mm. it's not completely you know an awful choice from their point of view I think sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't it's clearly not worked um I imagine his confidence was rocked pretty badly when he got taken you know the Browns got rid of him and um he's come in there he's given it a go it's he clearly like you said beat out Darnold in preseason. 
but it just hasn't really worked out for them. And I think the the one thing I would say with, with the Panthers as an organisation overall, I do feel they were a little quick to chuck it all in this year, to start trading away players, to do all of that. They're in a very poor division, like really poor division. And they could have sort of maybe hung in there a little bit longer, but they decided to get rid of him. And, um, you know, it's, it's not really a massive shock. It's just... Um, you know, it's, it's quite the downfall, isn't it, from the number one pick to now, like you say, on the waivers. And although there's a lot of talk about the 49ers picking him up, you do sort of think to yourself, are they really going to want to go down that route, given the fact that, you know, Brock Purdy came in, looked pretty decent. He didn't look bad. And realistically, as we all know, that 49ers team, the quarterback isn't the most important player in that 49ers team. So, yeah, I, I think that, I, I don't really see why they'd do it. And then I don't really see who would bring pick him up. So I think it's it's probably the end, to be honest. I was going to, I was going to very slowly transition to the 49ers thing, but I feel like it really is probably the elephant in the room in terms of it's been the biggest talked about thing, Gareth, since he's left is that, you know, when one door closes, another opens. Unfortunately, that is because of Jimmy Garoppolo's injury the guy over the weekend, which, you know, you never want to see a player go down injured ever. Um, but Garoppolo uh, injury to his foot is out for the season now. On a In a 49ers team, which I have pegged a few times going to the NFC Championship to maybe come up against your Eagles team um, a, a few times. But, I mean, it, 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 do the 49ers look down this path, uh, uh, Baker? Because like Adam rightly said, the quarterback's never been really in the last few years their key thing. They've gone and got Christian McCaffrey, who can run the ball and catch the ball, can control that offence. They've got still got great players with getting Debo, Samuel, Brandon, Ayuk, George Kittle. Would this be a sensible move by the 49ers to go and do this? I don't know from my point of view, because I think personally, I think you've got a quarterback there. OK, I know obviously he's Mr. Irrelevant, as it said, but he knows the system and knows the scheme and looked good in his brief outing. Um, don't be wrong, I think there's no harm potentially. I'm just basically um, contradicting myself now by saying there's no harm in having him there for um, mm. as competition. But I think that right now, the obvious thing is to go with a player who knows the playbook, knows the scheme. Because um, we've only got how many weeks left? Is it five weeks left of the season? How much is he going to learn of a, a whole team's playbook in that timescale? And don't get me wrong, as you said, that he's not the most important. He won't be the most important aspect of that team, because even CMC throws the occasional <laughs> touchdown as well, doesn't he? So, you know, they might not need because he can do the job. He can do everything else, and they're heavily built on the fact that their defense is just stacked. But I just find it odd. Most years with the 49ers, they always seem to have a part of their team that just gets destroyed every year. Last year it was the running backs. This year it's the quarterbacks. There just seems to be a team that never has luck in quite a critical position every single year. Um, but I personally don't think that having him in to start would be the wisest move. I'm going to have to really dig deep into the brain of Andrew now, into that archival knowledge of college football, because I don't know squat about Brock Purdy. I know nothing other than that he was taking it in the last <laughs> pick. And don't say not, what you're going to know. We're not <laughs> digging deep here. We're not digging deep. I checked my messages earlier today and prepped for this. I sent a message to Johnny um, in January of 2021 saying, mate, 
Uh, I've selected you some teams to watch. Uh, Iowa State's one of them. I'm really interested in. They've got Brock Purdy and Brees Hall. They're going to be pretty good. Um, and he was one of the top favourites uh, in for that year for the for the 2021 season. So um, th- he's good enough. You know, he's what we saw from him uh, on Sunday is what we saw from him from Iowa State. He's a very gritty player. He, he, he kind of can follow a regime and he'll play it well and he'll grind it out and, and do the job. And I think that that's perfect for Shanahan's offense, isn't it? He wants someone who can go in there and do as they're told, uh, which is why I wouldn't go for Baker Mayfield as well. He likes to ad-lib. He throws some very bad decisions and things like that. You're not going to get that from Brock Purdy, especially with him being a rookie. He's going to just want to follow the regime, follow the scheme and do his best at that. And that's what he does well. Uh, And he had a good run game with him at Iowa State. Like I said, Brees Hall was with him there. So he knows the drill if he's got to hand it off. He knows how to dump it off back there. So I'd be confident in moving forward with him and see what he could do and getting in a a backup veteran, which I think they have, haven't they? They've brought in um, Josh Johnson, haven't they? Who's spent some time at the 49ers and previous... uh, Where where hasn't he? Where hasn't he? I think he's got... 14 teams, hasn't he? So, you know, (laughs) he'll probably be there in the locker room with him. He knows the playbook. He can help him. He He can do things like that. So, yeah, I think Brock Purdy can can is perfect for that scheme. Uh, he's, he, lots of people have already likened him to a more athletic version of Jimmy G. Um, so th- that comparison's already been made. So it fit, it fits well with what they're doing, really, doesn't it? It's just whether he can do it again. We need another game from him, don't we? But, but do you think, Adam, because of, like, my opinion, that they are quite close, I think, to being a potentially an NFC Championship team, do you think the organisation maybe, not doesn't hit the panic button, that's the wrong word, but they sort of look at there and go, well, what's the best thing we can get? And do, do you think, you know, it would be tempting to go for Baker to go, well, he's got the NFL experience, he's got playoff experience, yes, minor playoff experience, but we feel like we're in a position in the division, in the NFC, that we could get a really good run this year. Or is it a case that they're the 49ers? They've got such a depth in their squad of age, range and and good players. Is it more of a, well, if, if not this year, next year for them, maybe? Um, I don't think it's about necessarily next year. I, I think it's just that it's all about the scheme. I, I think mm-hmm. that's how it works with the 49ers. It's all about the scheme and they don't care who the quarterback is, to be honest, they're, they're fine. Like, I mean, in an ideal world, they would have Trey Lance because that's who they wanted. Mm. You know, they wouldn't have Jimmy G anyway. So I think, I think they're fine with it. I think they'd be fine with Brock Purdy. I, I yeah, I mean, I suppose it would be tempting to go out and get a, a more veteran quarterback, but at the same time, he he's not much of a veteran quarterback anyway, because he hasn't, mm. he hasn't really been in the league that, long if you think in the grand scheme of things so no i just i think they'll probably stick to what they've got um you know they like to you know they like to mold their own guys to get them to do what they want them to do as has been said before and i think they'll just stick with that and the defense will do all the heavy lifting which is what happens pretty much every year at the 49ers so if not there gareth 
And Adam's already said nowhere, but where? Where does he go? I doubt he goes anywhere now this year, but we'll talk about it later. Some of the names of college quarterbacks for, uh, when we talk about the Heisman stuff later. But Andrew, as, as mentioned it many times, there is a lot of quarterbacks in this draft coming up. The market for a quarterback is getting a little bit slim out there. Most have got their guy locked in. And if they haven't, they look like they're going to go and get their guy this draft. I think it, it, the options you've got are there's some teams, obviously, that might want a plug, a short gap at this point in time. I know there's teams like, not necessarily saying they would, but the Texans, I think, have a dire need for someone to take that job at the moment because neither quarterback that played so far has looked much cop. Um and I've heard the Colts being mentioned, but I think that would be silly for them to take another piece of trash from another team mm-hmm. in the NFL. Um, they've done that the previous two years, taking someone's reject or discarded player um, and try to turn them into something. Uh, you hear the Rams being mentioned, which makes a bit of sense to get mm-hmm. him into the end of the year because he's quite cheap as well. Is this contract going to be something like $1.3 million or something? Mm-hmm. To be really yeah. cheap to have on board. So it's just one of them whether either there's a team that like the Rams who do prefer need a quarterback right now, or a team that maybe wants to look at him for next year to compete for the starting job. Um so if there's any teams that right now that the likes of I'll be honest with you, I'm not a fan of Mariota, the Falcons. Um, whether they would want him in just to have a look at him, see what he's like. Because I say, for 1.3 million for a quarterback in this league, even as a backup, is cheap. Um, so there's the a few options there. The other option, it doesn't get picked up by anyone. And then does he get picked up by one of the spring leagues, like the USFL or the XFL? Does he end up mm-hmm. being the star of those? Or is his ego a bit too big to go to an emerging league? Um, I think your ego can change when they offer you triple the amount of money that NFL franchises are offering you to be a backup, maybe, and for you to be the face of of a a new project that's out there. Um, I I, I would go to Adam on this, but I know he's always very negative about him, so I'm going to go to Andrew on this one. Jimmy G, again, on the injury table, rough few years for Jimmy G, has obviously obviously got shifted this offseason to being the number two in San Francisco. Loads of talk about him moving. Never did move in the end. What's the market now like for Jimmy G? Because it's it's a lot of injury history now for, for Garoppolo. And really the same thing that I was saying about Baker and his market really does apply to Jimmy Garoppolo as well. Um, can you see him getting going out anywhere else in the offseason? No, I can see him coming to a deal with the 49ers and staying with them. Um, oh, really? There's already okay. been talks about him potentially being open to going back. Um, if someone wants to come in and, and, and really, you know, sell it, sell the dream to him and uh, him have a start in place and it work it, then that's great. But in terms of where he is in his career, if these injuries are season ending for him over and over again, he might be feeling that being a backup, teaching a kid, mm-hmm. being there at San Fran, going for another Super Bowl, if, if, if they can, year on, year out, then that might be more, you know, living in San Francisco. It might, mm. might be a bit more desirable than going somewhere else, getting injured, it not working. So I think he, maybe they come to a deal because he seems to be the guy there as the backup mm. and, and, it, and it works. So 
I think they'll come to a deal and keep him around. I mean, I, I as a Steeler, I know there was like jokes I've seen about us taking Jimmy G and stuff like that. But me as a Steeler fan, I wouldn't mind him having been a backup to Kenny Pickett as a guy who knows how to be a game manager and has played in big games. Like I, I wouldn't mind that at all. But I, I think 49ers like having him around. Potentially that's why he has stuck there um, for the, well, rather than moving earlier on this season. Um, but we'll move on. Um, a little bit of movement today at the Tennessee Titans. Uh, one of their execs, uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, has, has been fired. He's the, the GM, am I correct? Yeah. So he, he's just gone today. Um, the Tennessee Titans, uh, an interesting team for maybe some right reasons, some wrong reasons. Uh, a, a team that feels to me like they're in, a little bit in limbo, Adam. And they're doing some movement here and, and getting rid of their GM. They seem very committed to Mike Vrabel and they've had some really good years with Mike Vrabel so far. What, what's your general feeling about the Tennessee Titans at the minute? Um, it's a weird decision to make, I think. Um, they're currently top of their division by quite some distance. They're going to win their division by quite some distance. I know a lot of people will come out and go that the the Colts and the Jags and the Texans are not very good. And that's the reason mm. why they're at the top of their division. But at the same time, you still have to go out and do it. You know, they've beaten some decent sides this year. It hasn't been that bad. Um, I, I, I wonder if it may be the logic behind this is that they just feel that they, he's traded away AJ Brown. The people that have come in have not been of high enough quality um, or they haven't had the opportunity in Traylon Burks' case because of injuries. And I think because of that, that might be why they've decided to let him go. It, it does feel weird, though, because of where they are and what position they're in. I think the last couple of years with the Titans, I mean, obviously last year they were the number one seed, weren't they, in the AFC? Mm. And they've they've won that division for a, a couple of years in a row. But it they kind of always felt like the team that got there, but at the same time they don't have enough weapons on that team. And that's the reason why they fall at the first hurdle in the playoffs. They don't get any further. Me and Andrew have been saying it for weeks on the betting show. It's like it's Mike Vrabel. Everything about this is the coaching, and that's the reason that they get where they get. He's one of the most underrated coaches in this league. And just, you know, the I, I suppose they've kind of fallen away in the last couple of games. But at the time when they were like seven and two or something like that, we were very much like, you know, this is a guy who should be again in the conversation for coach of the year because it's just mm. every year he does it. And it's Derek Henry. And and what else? You know, I mean, really, mm. what else is there, especially now that AJ Brown's not there? So I think this is a this is maybe the reason why he's paid with his job. But at the same time, it does feel very odd to get rid of a guy when your team is winning the division by what three four games clear something like that it's it's a little bit strange joe robinson is his name and i suppose gareth you were the team on the receiving end of the aj brown trade so it's and, and also a team that has has a gm who is very much someone who, who does movement and does take the risks um has benefited you sometimes hasn't benefited you other times but you've stuck in with him 
do you think that maybe some of these moves, like, like Adam was saying, he's not exactly brought people in this year. If anything, he's given it away. They, they do the Malik Willis pick. That feels like, a, oh, but we were doing okay with Ryan Tannehill. What was all that? Tannehill didn't seem very happy about it. Um, there, you know, there's movement. Maybe there's lack of trust in the GM. What would, as an Eagles fan, I suppose, with a GM who's made a lot of moves and sometimes made you question what he's doing, mm-hmm. what what would be your advice for like the Tennessee Titans fans that are out there? Because they obviously they're going to need to get a new GM now. But do you think? Do you think sometimes you just have to do have to dig in, or do you think you know the change is good? I will be honest. When I heard there was a GM been fired in the AFC South. It wasn't him I was thinking of. I thought the Colts <laughs> had finally pulled the trigger. Because uh, I we yeah. all know that say Chris Ballard's hated there. Like I don't know how many times we've spoke to George about that man and he literally despises him. I think the problem you've got is when you trade away a wide receiver who has almost as many receiving yards this year as your whole wide receiving core, who has more touchdowns. Daniel wide receiving core this year. Um, it does kind of show that you're not particularly doing well with your trades. I know how he usually wins 95% of the trades that he does anyway. Like when I look at the Saints one as well, that we fleeced them to possibly get a top 10 pick again this year. Um, I think that you need a GM who can take calculated risks. Mm and not be too cautious. And maybe that was the problem they had at the Titans, that they were too cautious. And they also have a tendency to tie players down on really long, expensive deals that they don't seem to renegotiate them all that often. Like one thing you always seem to see with the Eagles is the big name players seem to be renegotiating every single year to reduce what we're paying them. But what we give them in bonuses is going up to work, work with the cap a little bit. Um, They have always, They've always they tied Tannehill down to a fairly not a, a massive deal, but still not a cheap deal. Um, and as a quarterback, I've never been a fan of his. I think that as we showed the weekend, if you stop Derek Henry, there is literally nothing else that team can do. Mm. They have also spent a lot on that defense, which don't get me wrong, that defense is very good at the run, but it's horrific when it comes to dealing with the pass. Like literally had two long 41-yard bombs, one after another. Um, one after another in that game, um, which was really not... Literally, AJ Brown twice, two plays in a row, 41 yards. Like, the fact that we went straight back to him again and it was the same outcome was ridiculous. I think that, as a GM, I think he was a bit too cautious. He was willing to spend an awful lot on the defence and, as a result, the offence just was like, it's Henry or nothing. Mm. and recently it's been nothing for them. Um, so I think they definitely need someone who can wheel and deal, but, all, but make calculated risks, not ridiculous ones. You don't want anyone like when the Texans just decided to sell the house for, for literally a player that was no way near good enough and stuff like that. So it needs to be calculated risks, and I think that they just haven't done that for a while. Obviously now, Andrew, there's a period of uncertainty for the Titans about who they get injured because... Just because you got rid of someone maybe you didn't like doesn't mean necessarily you're going to get someone in that you do like as a fan anyway, because you can go in any which way direction. Do you think part of the problem is that you look around the league and there's these teams, we, we always say about the Buffalo Bills, one step away, just need this, then they'll get the big game, just need this, and they do it year on year. 
They needed the wide receiver. They got Stefan Diggs. They needed the the pass rushing ability. They drafted Russo. They brought in Von Miller. A team like Titans has been in the conversation for getting to the Super Bowl for a handful of years now. When you are that in that conversation, your job is to then not you know you can majorly improve, but to make the improvements in the right area. Do you feel like because the Titans? Because the GM at the Titans, uh, Joe Robinson, didn't make these moves, this, this is also handicapped in, in 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 moving forward with the team. Yeah, definitely. That's that's exactly why um, you can't mm. be in that bubble of being number one seed, number two seed. You know, every year going into the playoffs, being on that bubble of you know we're nearly <laughs> there. Um, you can't be nearly there with it all. And then just go, let's get rid of our best wide receiver. You know, we've got an agent running back. Yes, he's still producing the goods, but he got injured last year. We're worried about him going forward with the future. Um, and just almost in, instead of moving forward, taking a step back. Uh, and as Adam said, like I said, we've been talking about it a lot uh, on the Sunday show. If Rabel wasn't there, I don't think they're winning as many games as they've won this year. Um, there's been plenty of weeks I've gone, they don't look good enough to beat that team. And they've managed to get a win somehow. And and that isn't coming from the GM, is it? That's coming from the head coach. So, yeah, he's, he's made his team go from being a number one team that's pushing forward and can get somewhere maybe in the playoffs one year to being, are you even relevant in your own division, uh, which is a poor division as it stands, uh, and that all stems from GM, doesn't it? So uh, that, that's the right decision to, to go down the line. You, you need someone in there that's going to, like you say, make those decisions to move you forward and make some big splashes, not get rid of your best players. We've got breaking news, by the way. Mayfield. We have. We have. We have indeed. Um, always love when this happens on the pod. Really enjoy it. Breaking news, circular plot for the whole of this podcast feels like so far. Former number one, this is per Adam Schefter, former number one overall pick, Baker Mayfield was claimed on waves today by the Los Angeles Rams per league sources. The Rams now inherit the remaining 1.35 million on Mayfield's contract. Mayfield is expected to fly to LA by tonight and could play Thursday night via the Raiders. And there is also another tweet from Adam Schefter I'd like to read. Some of why Rams claim Baker Mayfield... They believe in his talent. They need a QB with Matt Stafford's sideline for the season and Joel Wolford dealing with a neck injury. And if Mayfield signs elsewhere this offseason, the Rams could get back a compensatory draft pick. So, he moves to LA. I was right, what I was in LA. <laughs> you were right. You were right. They, 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 I, I did not hear anything about the Rams taking him, but I, when, as soon as you said it, I thought it made a lot of sense. Um, I, I mean, anyone can pick up, pick, pick this up as reaction. Who would like it's, to start? It's at the, uh, below my note, uh, Brock Purdy is my first note on my notes. My second note is Baker Mayfield to the Rams. So, um, <laughs> you know, there, there's been a lot of lot of rumours today going around it massively. Mm. So it just seemed like me and Gareth were talking about it before we went uh, went live that they seem the favourites. They seem to be in a good spot to be able to get him. So that doesn't shock me at all. Um, quite. It's it's where I thought it would be. Hmm. Adam, think he starts against the Raiders Thursday? Probably. Doesn't matter, <laughs> does it? Really? <laughs> it really doesn't. It really doesn't. I, yeah, I think we all feel like uh, <laughs> he's going into a team again that isn't about him at the position. I mean, he's without he's without their best wide receiver. They're without a running game. 
that team is all defense at the minute. It is all defense. And it really, he's just there to hold the fort, isn't he? A little, to maybe not give the Lions as good a draft pick, really. That's pretty much yeah. pretty much what they what he may be trying to be uh, trying to be there for. Um but let's move on to other quarterbacks though, because I, I I we uh the announcement has came out either yesterday or today, I believe about the um, the four finalists for the 2022 Heisman Trophy. Anyone doesn't know what the Heisman Trophy is. It's basically you're the best player uh, award for the college uh, players. But as we draw closer, and like I said, with these draft picks now, a lot of teams out there, um, myself in particular, looking at the draft a bit more in depth now because my team may have quite a high pick. So I have to now have to keep an, an eye on it. Um Three players have been nominated. It is very common, but it's quarterbacks. It's a little bit like the MVP, I suppose, in the NFL. However, wide receivers um, have won it as well. Um, Devontae Smith for the Love Eagles won it. Uh, Baker Mayfield for <laughs> Heisman Trophy winner. Lamar Jackson as well, Heisman Trophy winner. Um, but the three quarterbacks are USC's Caleb Williams, Ohio State's CJ Stroud, TCU's Max Duggan, and Georgia's Stetson Bennett which is a great name. As Adam said to me before we came on live, I'd never heard of Stetson Bennett, but I certainly will remember him now with a name like that. Um, give us a bit of a Lucy Lowdown, Andrew. What are these guys going to be like uh, in the next coming few weeks in the college games? They draw close to their playoffs as well. And again, with some of their eyes looking maybe towards the draft. Yeah, I mean, you've got the four quarterbacks that have qualified for the, the college playoffs right there. So... Um, we're going to be seeing these guys in, in the highest profile that you can get in, in the league. So it's going to be a good situation for them all to play in. There was um, There's only one name in there of the four, uh, which is CJ Stroud. He was a finalist last year. Uh, so he's a repeat this year into, into the Heisman as well. So, you know, he's finished. If you start with him, CJ Stroud, Ohio State, in fourth, my favourite. You know, I've got the cap on already. He'd be my pick. Mm. Uh, just just um, being biased, but he's, he's tied for the most touchdowns this season with Caleb Williams. Uh, he's the leader of that team. He looks NFL ready. He makes good decisions. He can make all the wide receivers there look good. Um, he lost uh, Alave and Wilson last year, and he's still throwing touchdowns left, right and centre. His main, Jackson Smith and Jigger, has been injured for most of the year and he's managed to produce the goods with what he's got. He is great. But Caleb Williams was the backup last year at Oklahoma to Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler gets injured. He comes in, looks good. Lincoln Riley moves to USC, who were an absolute dump to the fire, brings mm -hmm. over Caleb Williams and turns them into a playoff-bound team. Um, and they haven't qualified because they lost in the Pac-12 championship game, which they had an unbeaten season, uh, lost one game. So it's, he, he's going to be the favourite to win it. He's going to be the mm. guy. Uh, and he's going to be the guy because he's not going to go into the draft this year. So he's going to be one of the guys to watch out for next year as well. Uh, Stetson Bennett. He's, 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 I don't want to say, I don't want to use the words Joe Burrow around him, but... Uh, he's had one of those seasons where he's carried his team when they haven't got, they've got at Georgia, I've got an absolutely incredible defense, incredible defense, and it carried them. But when he's been asked the question, he stepped up, and Georgia has been the best team 
of the the college season all year. I can't see anybody beating them. He is the leader and the guy for that team. As for Max Duggan, TCU from the Big 12, no one had them qualifying for the playoffs. It's unthinkable to have a team like TCU in the playoffs, and they've managed to overcome it and do it, but they played no one. Um, Stats are good, plays well, played no big teams whatsoever. So I think he might come a little unstuck in these playoffs, and I think that's where we might see him not be the the guys he's in there on stats and how he's played and you can only play against the opposition you come up against and he's done well in all those uh figures but it's been the first year he's done it of his four years there so he's the outsider for me uh i would personally give it to cj stroud but i think uh caleb williams is probably your favorite there for the Mm -hmm. heisman i'm happy to open the floor to both of you as well if you want to ask andrew any questions on this well, firstly, I mean, Stetson Bennett, what a name. I mean, that is a great <laughs> name. And he's, not, he's not the only one. He's Stetson Bennett the fourth. That's the other thing. It's amazing. <laughs> There's been three others. So, come on. We've got to give him something for that. Um, the only thing I was I literally look at it from a betting point of view. I'm looking at it as the odds. Caleb Williams has got this easy. They're not. None of them are going to go anywhere near him. It's interesting you say CG, CJ Stroud. Obviously, I know you're a biased Ohio State fan, which is appalling to watch. But he's actually last in the betting. Um, Max Duggan is next and then Stetson Bennett. Just so we know, um, who's actually coming out next year? Um, all of them, apart from Caleb Williams, will go into the draft. So you said that Max Duggan, TCU, they haven't played anyone. No one. Obviously. They played Texas Longhorns. They played them in the week where um, Quinn Ewans was, was injured. Uh, okay. The only team of any merit, and they're not seeded either. So they've had no seeded teams whatsoever. Is this guy likely to go anywhere close to a, be a first-round pick? No, I think um, this is the difference when you're talking about Heisman Trophy and the NFL. There's always names in there that you're going to talk about that are just fantastic college quarterbacks, uh, but they're just not NFL ready. So there'll be guys in there. Obviously, Bryce Young's not on this list. Will Levis isn't on this list. Uh, Anthony Richardson isn't on this list. The, you know, they haven't had the, the the most shining seasons whatsoever of, of the college this year, but they're built NFL ready. They make the right decisions. They've had good careers while they've been at their colleges. So they've got more upside at being a first round pick. Whereas I think Duggan's probably going to be maybe a round three uh, and he'll be a backup, uh, I think, at at somewhere, which we see quite often uh, from lots of them. You've seen it from Purdy. I thought Purdy was was fantastic at college. um, And, you know, you guys are only just learning his name. So uh, I think that's where we're going to see Duggan. How dare you? We knew all about him. He was Mr. Irrelevant. (laughs) Do we think the reason Duggan's there is mainly because obviously there's been this year TCU, the whole team ethos and the hype around what has happened there this year at TCU. And is it the Mud Frogs? Is that from a right or something like that? Is what? The mud they're, hawk, they're, they're basically got a frog on their logo. It's, it's, it's the horned frogs. I don't know whether the horned frogs. Uh, um, yeah, because I actually have a signed TCU helmet here, but I'm not going to say the player because I'm disappointed with him in general his playing career. Um, 
He was a first-round draft pick for the Eagles who just didn't work out. Um, but yeah, because yeah, so, obviously there's this year, I've seen a lot in relation to TCU and there's been a lot of like, there's been a good news story this year probably when, mm. in the college game this year. So is that one of the reasons why do you think he is involved in the Heisman? Yeah, it's definitely that. Like, like I said, when I was giving my little description of them, no one they were unranked. I think they're the first unranked team prior to the season starting to qualify for the playoffs. You know that that's unthinkable. They're coming from a division that you don't see a lot of the guys qualifying for since the since they changed it to the the new format. You don't see these teams qualifying for playoff. It's the same names every time. It's it's. ACC, um, Pac-12, SEC, that's it. Everyone else, don't bother. And they've managed to overcome that and uh, and really do it. So you've got that fairy tale story, and he's the leader of that team. Uh, they've got Quentin Johnson. He's a name that you're going to hear a lot. Yeah, wide receiver, their team. I think there's ch- chats about him being wide receiver one in this draft. Um, so, you know, he's had him to throw the ball, and he's risen with the fame and they've done it together. But yeah, when, when you're talking about a team like TCU and, and, and the fairy tale story, you've got a Heisman, the guy that that's the leader of that team, haven't you? Certainly it's very interesting to hear about all four of these guys and Caleb Williams is definitely one of the future. And I think it was interesting what Gav said about with the Heisman. Well, the point he was, he was sort of getting to is that a lot of the Heisman is sometimes about the story, maybe not necessarily the, player sometimes um but uh, yeah it'd be really really interesting i mean cj stroud is 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 easily going to be in that top echelon of quarterbacks coming out in, in this draft and he even might be the number one pick we never know really and, and to who it goes to we, we will still uh we'll, we'll yet to find out just yet but it, i'm sure that'll be getting ever closer um thank you all for watching us this evening we are going to do a little bit shorter tonight because we have very exciting news coming your way but we need to talk about first. So, yeah, lots of exciting news coming from us very soon. Um, and I think, uh, well, it's going to be a lot of news probably from a lot of NFL fantasy podcasts soon, but big news for us. Um, and, you know, stay tuned for that and make sure you check out our fantasy show, which is fantastic on Thursday with Andrew and the guys over there for all your fantasy needs. You probably won't need many fantasy needs very soon as the season is closing out so make sure you catch them last episodes because uh the playoffs are coming around now and you're going to need that extra help from the guys here um also check out our sunday nfl preview show because who doesn't need more money over christmas we do betting lines we talk about all the bets there we sometimes win you some money um i mean actually it's more than sometimes isn't it what do you mean sometimes how dare you (laughs) I just gave you an 11 to 1 and a 10 to 1 job, which can I just (laughs) quickly say, Mr. Manning, who I normally do the Sunday show with, complaining that the odds are a bit short this week. I gave you two winners. There he is with his 50 to 1 bet. Oh, yeah, this is going to happen. None of them. None of them came in at all. Um, the 50 to 1 bet was based on bets that you'd give me through the show. And the two. And we did mention that the uh, they were shorter odds, which is not what we had usually. And I did say they look like absolutely fantastic bets, so double on these. If you usually have a five, have a ten. If you usually have a ten, have twenty. So I backed you on lies. it, mate. Lies. Oh, the but they did. But your ones you put out did all win over the weekend, didn't they? They did. 
did, yeah, I did. He had, he had AJ Brown to score a touchdown against the Titans. That was printing money right there. He yeah. was always going to score one. And then didn't he slate the, the Lions and then... Okay, right. Now we're going to talk about this. This episode's going to go a bit longer now. You've done this, right? (laughs) At no point did I slate the Lions, okay? I said the Jags would do well against the Lions defence, which admittedly they didn't, but I never said (laughs) the Lions wouldn't score at home because they always score. I gave you two trebles and all I got was criticism about the Lions decision that I made. No, because you also said on the fantasy show, you picked every single starting player that you needed to start this week was a Jaguar. Yeah, (laughs) because they were up against the Lions defence. That's not (laughs) criticising the Lions from scoring points, though. And then they got a few into, didn't they turn over the ball a few times, the Jags as well, to that Lions defence was not very good. Yeah, but Lawrence was injured, wasn't he? So, you know. I think I had the pickup of the weekend, picking up the Cleveland Browns defence against Texans. They scored like three yeah, defensive touchdowns or something ridiculous. What, what a great... Oh. As I roll into the fantasy playoffs. But that is another chat for another time. Andrew, thank you. Adam, thank you. Gareth, thank you for joining once again. Like I said... Like and subscribe to us. We are on all social media. Um, we are on all platforms to watch this podcast or listen to this podcast. Exciting news coming soon. Until then, have a good rest of your week. Hopefully we beat France and make our way to the World Cup semi-final. See you again soon.